Okay, Inappropriate Earl is back. Back for more. We released two episodes today. A tribute episode to our dearly departed friend Brody Stevens, which was basically a repeat of uh, episode 221. It is a repeat, not basically, uh, just because I thought uh, better to hear Brody's voice than... uh, me just talking about them. So I hope you enjoy that one. And today will be released uh, the second one with the twins, not the Sklar brothers, but Corey and Chad, who are legends in the comedy world. They do the dirty show at the Ontario Improv. That's, I think, one of the longest running shows there. It's always sold out. They're in Vegas doing the dirty at 1230 quite often. And we're best friends with a man who was so big that uh, when he was cremated, it took three boxes to uh, <laughs> to adequately uh, spread his ashes around. I mean, I'd love to be the guy who got that order uh, to cremate Ralphie May because that was one busy dude. Uh, Ralphie had more ashes than uh, everyone who died at 9-11. Corey and Chad in the house. Thanks for having us. Oh, yeah. Thanks for coming down. I'm a one-man operation, as you can see, so I have to check everything uh, myself here. I am no Joe Rogan. Uh, I'm just a little baby podcaster joining the ranks. Well, it's good to be here. We feel like there's a lot of DNA on this couch. So it feels oh, good. yeah. There have been more open micers fucked on this couch than the uh, flappers. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you guys uh, were friends with Ralphie. Oh, his uh, openers. And, uh, you know, it's about the only thing that uh, can make people feel the loss of Brody was, uh, was the loss of Ralphie. Because they were two very similar comics. Yeah, comics loved them, all, both of them. You both know. comics, comics. I remember sitting in the back for Brody just dying, dying in the back. And uh, he was a hell of a guy. He, he did our dirty show, too, a couple yeah. times. He's a nice guy. Same with Ralphie, though. Ralphie's a comics comic. You know, you love and respect guys like that. Which is usually the kiss of death when you're labeled a comics comic. Right. Because uh, it means the industry doesn't like you. But all your friends do, which equates to not a lot of success right uh but uh so we're all sad about brody uh, like we were with ralphie yeah for sure but at least with ralphie you saw it coming like you know no one is 600 pounds and lives a long life and he knew it too so it's not like you know ralphie uh he told us that he wouldn't live you know forever yeah which is too bad because uh you know i don't think there's uh ever been a comic in the world that has helped more comics than ralphie we agree with that 100 percent. we well we talked about it at his memorial you know when we were all there together he was literally has helped hundreds i couldn't even tell you how many comics that he's helped you know yeah i mean uh always reaching out to open micers and 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 big name comics who like needed help and having them open for him or getting them gigs on their own sure just through his uh, word which carried a lot of uh weight in the comedy world and uh so we still miss ralphie how long has it been uh, two years this um october so 18 months about now. yeah about 18 months that's the crazy thing about this business is we lose so many people that you don't forget about people but it's almost seems like three or four other people have died since ralphie yeah yeah, time goes by fast. So, uh, what guys? Uh, what got you guys started in stand up? Because I've known you for a long time. Yeah, but I don't know a lot about your story. What? Uh, 
we were drama nerds, like junior high, high school, you know, we would do plays and theater, theater and, and improv. You know, we, we did all that. And even into college, we did that together. We were always together. So the theater drama teachers would always try to separate us because we had an unfair advantage when it came to improv and sketches and that kind of thing. And so they'd separate us. And once we got into college, uh, they opened up an improv in our local uh, area and we uh, went down and tried the open mic. And once we did that, uh, you know, just started, we loved it. It's like a drug making people laugh. So been doing it steady for, I think 16, it'll be 16 years. Yeah. Now there's not a lot of, uh, twins doing comedy i only yeah. really know of the sklar brothers uh and the lucas brothers and us that are really active we love all those guys that's what's cool is and duos in general not just twins there's not many duo acts that are that are uh Six, that, you know successful or solid solid duo acts there's guys that try to get together uh, two comics try to join forces and sometimes that works but for us we've always worked together we've always been a duo act even in life we're a duo act like if shit popped off we're back to back and we're getting the fuck out of there you know I mean, yeah we're uh, we're a different story than some guys. Yeah, I mean, I really only can remember uh, the Mooney twins. Yeah, sure. And I don't even think I, they're more of investment guys now. They they deal with uh, money and you know investments and. But uh, the only guys that we know that are active are the Sklars, Lucas, and us that that we're aware of. Yeah, and uh, I mean, back in the when I was watching comedy, maybe Willie Tyler and Lester, but that's I don't. Even, I don't even know if that's considered a duo act because it was really one person. Right. Yeah, and, and the difference between us is we don't have a straight guy. I mean, we're uh, two two similar kind of characters on stage. I mean, some duo acts, there's a straight guy who runs the straight and the other guy's like the, the animal. But for us, it's we, uh, we do both. So uh, that's the good thing about us. High energy, you know, we try to come in hard, leave an impression. Oh, you guys definitely do that. <laughs> i don't even know what that I don't know. <laughs> no we try to i mean, I mean that's we do. the goal i mean either we get over or we don't i mean it's that simple either uh we we go over and do great or we fucking fail miserably you know i mean it's politically uh incorrect humor uh that you would think in this era would not uh survive uh you know with the me too and time's up stuff and just the general uh corporate cleanliness of comedy that we are seeing but you guys are survivors i mean you guys sell out every show and yeah. try to uh you know have your uh, pictures on the wall at uh, the improvs which is a big deal it's like having your name on the wall at the comedy store yeah and one day we hope that'll happen for us but we need to dedicate more time to that that's for sure but we know the difference between going full filthy animal we know how to rein it back it depends what city we're in and we we know within three minutes of being on stage, if this is a crowd that we can have have a fun, crazy time with, or we know it's a crowd we're just going to make our money and get out of here, you know? Because you guys do the road a lot. Yeah, we try to. Like, coming up, we have a, a new tour, 24-city tour called the Two-Headed Monster Tour, and we're be, uh, it starts off in uh, What's, wa Washington. Well, yeah. it started last week in Vegas, and now we're in Washington, then Albuquerque, Florida, Texas, Arkansas, all over, Nashville. Alabama because dirtier uh, acts on the road can go uh, sideways real fast. Yes. A hundred percent. It can because they're not, uh, you know, uh, when you play small towns or, or, 
maybe not small towns, but uh, towns in the Midwest. Oh, the Bible South. Belt, all that. You got to watch what you say. And that's what I was you know, alluding to. We know within three minutes uh, how it's going to go. And if we need to scale back, we will. You know, we, we, we don't want to lose the crowd completely. We're trying to sell T-shirts and shit, <laughs> you know? Yeah, because, I mean, I've done uh, rooms where the, the guy or owner, sometimes it's a lady, uh, We'll say you can't tell people you're Jewish around here. Yeah. Oh yeah, we've we're, yeah. And they're serious. Yeah, yeah. No, they've told us that before. Yeah, we're German Jews. They tell us sometimes, you know, to calm down. You know, either tone it down, or if don't a, mention that that you're uh, Jewish or whatever. Which is crazy that in the year 2019, uh, you could be told by a business, uh, don't tell them you're Jewish or don't do a Republican jokes. Mm. Or, or for us, yeah, we were you know, pumping up Obama for a little bit. Then we don't go political at all anymore. We learned our lesson with that. We leave that for Bill Maher and those comics. We just tell the truth and say shit that most people don't have the balls to say. We say it and figure out a, a funny way to say it. And you guys do a full hour, man. It's yeah, impressive. We a yeah, we do an hour to hour and 15, hour and 20. We try not to do longer than that because you don't want to walk people. We've seen, we watch Ralphie do fucking three-hour sets, two shows a night, three-hour sets, and just him alone is six hours. He let us open up with 30 to 45-minute sets. I mean, we were the host and the feature for Ralphie living on the tour bus, and that's what sharpened up our pencils is living on that tour bus with Ralphie and doing thousands of shows with Ralphie all over the nation, you know, in Canada and all over the fucking place. I mean, that's crazy that Ralphie uh, could do so much time. Uh, oh, in different and, and different sets, like 7 o'clock and 10.30 shows could be completely different sets. It depends on what he was, what was going on in the news and what he wanted to talk about, you know. But that's what we, you know, we learned about that. We learned the business side of show business from him. And yeah, all the way back from merchandising to promotions to radio, how important it was to do radio in those soft markets. And this is pre- the social media boom. So he really pretty much taught us about LLC and all, all the, the business aspect and all the drama with having agents. And as it is, we're already splitting everything 50, 50. So then you get an agent mixed in there. That's 10%. Then you get a publicist. There's, you know, a certain percentage. Next thing you know, Chad and I are walking with 25% of a show uh, each. So for us, it's important to capitalize on the moment, try to destroy the show and sell merchandise, make our money and go to the next town is uh, the, the negatives of being a duo act is the clubs don't give a shit. If it's one of you, two of you or the Jackson five, they're just going to pay you as one act, you know? Oh yeah. And they see you with no uh, agent or manager. Yeah, exactly. And, and so then they take it back. Suckers. Yep. yep. No guarantee. And so, you know, we learned a lot from Ralph and now here we are. Uh, Ralph's been passed away 18 months. It took us a little bit after he passed away to get our shit together and refocus and get a new game plan. We wrote new material. We got down into the trenches and, um, here we are now we're about to go out on a new tour, different material and, and just, uh, expand on our own. And, uh, you know, it took us 16 years to get here, but we're excited to be here. And how do you guys, what's the writing process? Cause you guys are very, uh, uh, good at, there's not, not a lot of downtime in your, uh, yeah, yeah. jokes. Like yeah, when I yeah. opened up for you guys in Brea, I was like, Oh, there's going to be some lapses. Cause they're not going to, your timing is great. Yeah. Laughs per minute. We um, try to double, triple what most guys do. And so in the writing, we record well, everything, but we don't physically write. We don't have a book. It's a, a voice now. message to each other and we'll work it out because we can't plan. Like you're going to say this, I'm going to say this. It doesn't work like that. It it's a story and, and we're going to take you on a roller coaster ride. And we figure out who's going to say what. And if the other guy takes the other guy's line, 
uh, so to speak, the other guy knows where to pick up and go, but we send a lot of voice memos. We take advantage of our phones, iPhones. We record every set, every bit, and we text it to each other, email each other, and then work off of it. On the plane rides, we just listen to our last week of sets, and then we figure out what we're going to do in that town. But yeah, we try not to have downtime. We know that we will wear them out. So about halfway through we kind of take a drink let them reset the room and then we punch them in their face again over sort of it's like we just freshly came out again we kind of bring it completely down to a fucking halt and then reset the room and then start over that way when we close we're fucking we just punch them in the face real hard and then say goodnight. yeah and uh What's the process of the road for you guys? Do you guys fly? Do you guys uh, we, drive? Uh, this tour is uh, a little bit of both because, uh, well, to be honest with you, we have door deals. and uh, <laughs> Which are what? To the audience that aren't uh, comics and have we're no not idea. Guar- yeah, we're not guaranteed any amount of money. If we don't sell tickets, we don't, um, make, we don't make money. But in order for us to take it to that level, we have to do a door deal. Well, that goes back to doing morning radio. So um, we're driving some of this. Um, we're a rental car, and uh, we fly into, let's, for instance, we fly into Nashville, from Nashville, Alabama, all the way down into Florida. We'll, we'll rental car and buddy that. pass. There's different airlines that have buddy passes. Once you get so many miles, you get your buddy to ride for free. So we stack the miles. We take advantage of, uh, and a lot of people should do this, like Southwest Rewards. Get that credit card, pay your mortgage, rent with it, and then pay it off at the end of the month. Start stacking up miles on on bills you're already going to pay. And uh, we get free flights all the time. So we try to do uh, the Buddy Pass and a lot of rental cars. Chad drinks. I don't drink, so I do most of the driving. As a matter of fact, I probably do 98% of the driving. I do 98% of the drinking. Uh, so. And now, now uh, how do you guys pick your openers? Uh, we have Mark Gonzalez, but he's really shitty comic. Uh, which horrible. Makes us look really horrible. Good. Makes uh, us look really, really good. And we hit up the local markets, uh, which lowers our capital um, over. Um, and then, and know, the club will take care of their local guy. They want their local guy up. So we try to do that sometimes if Mark's not going with us. Or we'll join forces with the comic. If we know that comic's got a good pull in that town and we think we can join forces, we're not afraid. We're transparent. We just split the deal uh, with the other comic. And... Uh, you know, we're, we're open and honest, uh, guys. We try not to bullshit. We just come straight and sometimes we'll join forces this tour. We're joining forces and we're using local. Now, uh, where's the tour start? Uh, uh it started at the South Point casino two weeks ago on that Friday. Um, next, uh, a couple weeks, it's March Jokers. 23rd. It's jokers in Richland, Washington, then Albuquerque, New Mexico. And then we work our way to Nashville at Zanies. And then from Zanies, we do, uh, I think stand up live in Alabama, then down to the Looney bins in Arkansas. The Zanies in Nashville was like Ralphie's, uh, home, home club. He literally lived about a two minute drive from there. Um, so it's like a home club for us too. We, we love Zanies. Zanies is a hell of a club. They got a good booker. Her name's Lucy. Uh, she's a hell of a nice gal and they treat us fair and great. And so we're, we're going through there to just, uh, uh, as a thing to Ralphie. I mean, we're never going to let the world forget about Ralphie. I think people kind of get tired of us, uh, singing his praises, but not at all. Ralphie was a 
uh, like we wouldn't be shit if he taught us so much. Like, you know, no one really wanted to take us on the road. He paid uh, for our first special and, out of his pocket, the filthy animal tour and paid for the production and everything in Portland, Oregon. And we filmed a special and got on, you know, Hulu and Amazon prime and all these different things. I mean, shit, they, they sold it at Walmart. They I mean, still do. Yeah. They, it's probably in the $5 bin now, but who gives a shit? Hey man, five bucks is five bucks. Uh, yeah. yeah. Give us our dollar 31. We don't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, well, what was the process of that special? Like, uh, toured for two years straight. Uh, and then he would, we would record all of our sets, uh, with Ralphie with the one camera shoot. And then we would play the footage over on the bus as we were driving to the next town. And all of us would, he would use it too. And we would go over and figure out, we would write for each other. Ralphie wrote for us. We wrote for Ralph during those couple tours. We did three different Ralphie's last four, three specials, three specials. we were part of. We were, we uh, ghost written for, and we we did the last three specials with Ralphie and those tours that went with it. The best part is uh, Ralphie gives us thanks at the end uh, of his. Uh, it's either unruly or the the one from Vegas, and at the end because he used to love to say "fuck Corey," he said special thanks to Smash Brothers and spelled Corey's name wrong on purpose. And Corey didn't realize it till after Ralph passed away, and Corey watched it. And he goes. He spelled my fucking name wrong. Like he knows our, how to spell Corey's name. So Ralphie got one over on him even after he even was gone. Even our paychecks, Ralphie's company was D's Nuts. D's Nuts was, so you'd get a paycheck from Ralphie and you take it to the bank. And as you're signing it over at fucking Bank of America, it says D's Nuts. That's who's paying you. Oh, I mean, Ralphie was the best. We, <laughs> we could just talk about him. Oh, for sure. But you know. Like, I don't think people really uh, understand what he did for Comics, just yeah. everyone. Like. It's just an amazing uh, soul, but you yeah. just can't be that fucking big. Yeah. And he knew it, you know, but that's why he would always tell you, I love you, baby. And there ain't nothing you could do about it. He'd always hug you. He'd always kiss you on your face. And, and he was from the South. He would always just want you to know, you know, in case anything ever happened that he loved you. And, and, uh, and it's funny. You think you would destroy and you're coming off stage. You introduced him. He'd whisper to you. He'd be like, when'd you lose him? No, he, he so told, he'd bring you back down like you could totally get a standing ovation and he goes don't ever do that shit on my stage again and you're yeah. like what what did what we do we got a standing ovation yeah i mean uh, he you guys would always kill in front of him and then he'd kill and it's like fuck man that's... yeah solid show those were the days and as soon as he went for, and bought the tour bus it changed everything for us like we never left tour he'd pick up one-nighters at a fucking funny bone or a a comedy zone or a smaller club, two, 300 seater on a Tuesday, Monday night. And we would do those. Ralphie was a workhorse busting out 10, 12, 15 shows a week. I mean, how many specials did he have total? Uh, five, but then that one more. So six specials, but he's five time platinum selling artists. He sold like whatever, however many millions that is um, for comedy central. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy that uh, five specials. I mean. Yeah. Uh, and he's 46 years old i mean ralphie yeah. passed away at 46 years old 47 47 46 and then uh the thing is is he got his start won a radio contest and sam kittison gave him you know a shot so like ralphie's got an old school history you know yeah i mean he uh you know i think he started in austin texas no houston. uh houston. houston he was born in arkansas but then he went to houston and uh, started working the laugh stop uh, whatever club was down there and um then he met Sam Kennison and moved to LA and went to the comedy store and the rest is, you know, was history. But, uh, he was in the game since he was 17. So he was in the business a long time. He started stand up and dropped out of high school at 17. Oh, I wish I started that young. Us too. Us too. I started at 30. We started at like 25. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Yeah. But then we, where did we meet? Didn't we meet at, uh, was it, uh, 
iOS or I thought it was that horrible uh Orange County Liam's yeah we met oh then yeah we probably met you at a bar show in Colton California but then from there we'd keep running into you yeah, wherever we started Remember doing we a lot that wrestling pilot too. Remember we did a wrestling uh, this comedy? extreme championship comedy. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, it was a total shit show. Uh, yeah. But you know, you look at what roast battle became like that could have been, oh. uh, I mean, that was kind of like roast battle before roast battle first. It was years before roast. Battle. We wish when roast battle came, we were on tour going hard. We were so jealous that we couldn't be part of roast battle. Uh, because we were gone and, and we wanted to be part of roast battle. It's like right up our alley to fuck people up, roast people and talk shit and talk shit. And then uh, we finally got to judge roast battle uh, recently the past few months. But yeah, roast battle and, and a comedy um, show that championship comedy that we did years ago are, are, are similar. They're not exactly, but they're similar. See, I would have put you guys against the Sklar brothers. Yeah, that'd be good. We love the Sklars. We would love to. We love to do. We love to today. Battle. We would love to do a roast battle against the Sklars or do a triple threat death match with the Lucas brothers, the Sklar brothers and the smash brothers and do a fucking triple threat fucking strap match. And we'll, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I don't know how that would work, but, uh, who knows? I mean, uh, I think they're coming back for another season. So yeah, uh, yeah, you never know. We'll see. Hey, give us a call. We're we're available. Did you guys like judging it? Yeah, yeah we judged it with the Sklars actually, and we kind of felt we were driving home. We felt a little bad when we would smash on a comic and give them constructive criticism. But I think that's what what's important is just being honest. And and Jeff Ross, I mean, he, he's such a great guy, and and he's very his constructive criticism was great. Like he had a good way of of uh mentoring the people and knocking them down a few steps uh but yeah jeff ross is a hell of a guy fun oh, to watch yeah. it was our first time because like i said we were always on tour but we finally got to watch the whole thing live not on tv and it was really really fun it was like seriously a good good time yeah i mean that's the crate it's like your show the dirty show uh and roast battle are really the only two shows i've seen that have lasted uh this long how long is the dirty show uh 13 years this april. april every three weeks for 13 years that's crazy i mean and it's packed every always yeah yeah every once in a while back in the day i remember when american idol was blowing up hard and i remember we had 240 people and we were fucking livid we're like there's only 240 fucking people here uh but, but then it steadily home. you know ontario improv the third wednesday of every month um it would just we show up at 5 30 the show's at eight there's already a line of people and it's a wild show if you've never seen it before it's not just stand-up comedy it's kind of a we, we host it it's kind of like a game show vibe we give away adult toys and we bring people on stage and it's a it's a fun time and um, energy show to where you know we've had everybody on the show i mean rogan destroyed aisha tyler doug benson I like mean, whoever like and any any comics that ever want to do it we always want it we only book three uh me and my brother and three comics this isn't a show with 12 comics on it it's three comics me and my brother and it's two hours of just pandemonium everybody does 20 30 minutes and yeah it's a great time and have you guys ever taken that on the road? Yeah, we've taken it to Sacramento. We've we taken do the late shows on Saturday night sometimes. And we have it at the Tempe Improv. And we'll pick up the local talent or if uh, a headliner's in that town doing the club, then 
we'll try to get them to come do the show on that late night Saturday night and bust show out. But uh, for the most part, we've been offered to take it to other clubs. But the dirty shows are what we want to focus on all the time. That's why other clubs are trying to get it there. We just want to keep it at the Ontario Improv, which is in California, not Canada. And we just want to do us. When we're on stage, we want one guy or girl to open for us, and we want to do the rest of the time. We don't, we don't like too many comics on stage uh, before us. You know, yeah, because you guys uh, are, uh, you should not be tired as an audience when you guys get hit the stage because yeah. it's because then it'll be wore out by half by half you know way through our set they're dropping checks and they're ready the to flip, go on the flip like we love doing a show say at the melrose improv or the comedy store where there's 10 12 comics on the lineup and we do 10 minutes it's a different story then you come in hot you come in high heat uh you know and then blow the audience up and hopefully you're in the middle of the lineup nothing better than if there's going to be a lot of comics being in the middle you know we love that shit yeah, well, I would think you guys would uh, kill at the comedy store because it's. I think if there's a club in the country that is uh, open to uh, sure. your comic stylings, well, it's uh, the comedy focusing, store. Uh, we've well, that's focusing. our new focus for this year. Is we've been doing the other shows, you know, the Scatterstone Triple E show. We did Jeremiah Watkins on the spot show. That was a fun show. We're just trying to focus on the comedy store when we're home. And our goal in the next few years, hopefully, is to have our name on the wall at the comedy store. We would love to be a get up there more and more. I mean, it's so much fun for us to be there. Um, that's our new goal, and we're going to make it happen. You know, oh for sure. But you guys are smart because uh there's a life outside the comedy store i yeah. think and we're trying to focus on that and uh, that's why we put the two-headed monster tour together and just took advantage of all the connections we met through ralphie and on our own across the nation i kept good notes when we were on tour all those years i kept contacts of the theater bookers and all the different bookers from across the country I, and made a spreadsheet and chad and i have picked up dates and that's what our new focus is on is just trying to spread our and put out our own one hour special. We only have all of our stand up has been with Dice. We did the blue show on Showtime with him and Dice hosted it. Same thing. We're on Ralph special. He hosted it and we did our 20, 30 minute set, but we want to do one hour with our own special, just me and my brother. And we don't know where we're going to put it. It could be on the internet. It doesn't have to be Netflix. Everyone's got Netflix. That would be great. But that's our goals to get this new hour down and then we're going to record it, you know? What was it like? Because you were, uh, what was the name of that show on Showtime with Dice? Uh, the Blue Show. Because you had you guys, Eleanor Kerrigan, uh, Steve Wilson, uh, Colin Kane, Rouse, uh, and Jason Rouse. Rouse. Oh, and Eric Myers. And Eric Myers and us. Now, who, who went last on that show? We, we did. did. We did in on in real life, but on the show, on the show, they edited it. And we went third or fourth, and Rouse closed it. Um, the show, but if, but we really did close that show. We, we didn't nervous. even go on stage till one in the morning. Cause we, we filmed it. So, you know, there's lots of behind we the scenes. We were nervous shit. going last too. You had all these people just pulling their dicks out, including Eleanor, just slinging dick up there on that. Stage. I mean, they all did great. Every Everyone single one was crushing. It. And so we were a little intimate. It was out of the norm for us, but dice told us before we went on, he goes, all right, guys, he goes, whatever you were going with, it needs to be a hundred fucking times dirtier. He's all, I love you guys get out there. And we did too. We called an audible and we changed our material on the spot and we came out there and told the dirtiest shit that we had because that's what it was for he told us don't cut back don't you know hold back d go hard that's what this special is about that's what i want so yeah it was, it's still available you can still watch it on showtime please do yeah and like what's the you know i think most people think they appear on tv and they're going to be famous the yeah, next day we thought that too but well i mean every you know uh, i i thought when i did roast battle even though that wasn't stand up per se that i'd 
be like selling out arenas uh, yeah, next week. Yeah, for and, sure. Uh, Let us open for you. <laughs> it's just, uh, I don't know if I could follow you guys. Yeah, I'm yeah. a little more cerebral. Uh, yeah, you are. Yeah, I mean, love, I could be dirty, but. Yeah, we uh, love watching you. That's why when you go up at the store, we always like sitting in the back and watching you. <laughs> well, the store is, uh, you know, there's just some clubs you're made for. I, I was made to do, uh, if I ever do do a special, I would love it to be at the store. Totally. Uh, I can see you doing just that. Just because it's. You know, like at the improv, I do okay, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there's just something about the store, and for me, that um, it's like a home field advantage, you know. Oh, it's, for sure. That's why a show like Roast Battle could have never have worked at the improv. Yeah. Or the Laugh Factory. Yeah. Uh, or uh, Hermosa. Yeah. Oh, jeez. That's the only club we've never... That's the only club in the country I think we've never done. Well, I, I don't know if you guys... Well, like, uh, Ralph didn't do it either, so I don't think... Yeah. They like it pretty clean there. Yeah, we are. But you guys are... You, you guys could do clean. Yeah, yeah, we have. And there are certain cities that we can't go crazy and otherwise you will bomb. So we know what to do. You know, we've done it long enough to figure it out. Uh, now, do you guys ever perform uh, without each other? We have many times uh, on tour. He would have to go home. Uh, you know, I have children. He has I have children. Daughters, I don't. So Ralph would be gone for fucking ever. And so after every three, four weeks, I would always leave tour for a week and I would go home. I would see my daughter and recharge and then go back out. And during that time, I would sometimes run the dirty show on my own and Chad would do 13, 14 sets on his own. And then the best part about that is we have double the material. We could do his lines, my lines. So we had endless amount of material. Uh, when we'd go solo, it was just a different chemistry. Uh, when we are together, we're rapid fire. When we're on our own, it's not so aggressive. Yeah, and slow down. Instead of saying we, we say I, which was it took us some sets to figure that out. Now, uh, how often would you say you guys perform together? 90% of the time? Now, 95 at 98. Yeah, way up. I can't remember the last time I did my own set. Yeah. So it has to be an. Uh, an extraordinary circumstance. Yeah, somebody's sick or something's wrong or we got double booked. Every once in a while, we'll get double booked and one will go to the show and the other one will go to the other show. Now, what kind of advice has uh, the industry given you guys? To, don't be too, you can't be this dirty. Or, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. that you're never going to. Well, the first thing we laugh about is they told us the dirty show will never work. People don't want to see that. Uh, Latino spicy comedy was a big thing uh, when we started and they told us to just focus on those those were the hot comedians and our show wouldn't last uh, we have the longest running show that we know about um, at, the at the improv might be in uh, uh, comedy in general in LA anyway. yeah for sure because we don't know of any other show um, that's lasted as long as ours and with as much success so we laugh about that but we've also heard you know we should you know, wear different clothes. Oh, uh, they would tell us the uh, beard. shave, grow our hair out. We've heard all kinds, wear suits. We, <laughs> we, we, uh, name changes. Uh, we, we've been offered tons of different advice from the different. They want us to do, uh, this one big, we don't say his name. Uh, big manager wanted us to be on blue collar and wanted us to wear overalls and be these hillbillies and say, Red we can neck. make millions and all this shit. We've heard it all. And, uh, every time someone says I work for a network, I'm going to make you famous. We just laugh. You know, because it's all bullshit so far. You guys definitely are a, a lesson to be learned. You, you stay true to yourself. Well, we love this. that We don't, We couldn't even imagine doing anything else. But it's a tough business to uh, do what you want to do instead of do what someone else wants you to do. Yeah. You get less opportunities. And so, and you know, 
when you're not getting booked, that's why we created our show and booked our own tour because, you know, we do get booked from the improvs and the funny bones and different chains across the country, but you got to fill in the dates that you don't. So we're the fill in guy. We're the backup quarterback. When so-and-so cancels with two weeks to go, we're the guys they call. We're not, we're not the guy that has 36. We're not the guys, 36 weeks of work, you know, steady. We know every November we're in Pittsburgh. When someone falls out, we're the backup. We're the Mark Bolger of standup comedy. Right. You know, they throw us in late. And yeah. that's okay. Cause we went over new fans and new audiences and, you know, and uh, we're okay with that. You know, we're just, we just want to fill our calendar like everybody else. And uh, we just try to go in there and be positive and sell as many tickets as possible, sell food and beverage and fucking shots. Cause that and Buffalo wings and whatever else these clubs sell, because quite honestly, that's how the clubs invite you back. If they're selling a shit ton of that. You know? Oh yeah. If you sell a lot of booze for clubs and, and we do, I would say your fan base is, uh, uh, drinking fan base. Yes. Yeah. Drinking. And uh, that's why the our food and beverage per person is like $11 higher than most comics. Yeah. We, we per person. And that's like a lot of money. 32 to $38 per person is on average of the spreadsheet numbers that we keep 32 to $38 per person and an average improv or comedy club. So you do that times 300 people. That's a lot of capital coming in for food and beverage. And I hate to interrupt this podcast right now, but we have a celebrity listening to this on Instagram. You might know him as Officer, or I should say Deputy Dewey from the Scream movies, but to me, he'll always be the WCW heavyweight champ, the great David Arquette. Big fans of David Arquette. I remember when he won the title, me and my brother fought a fucking beer bottle match because I couldn't believe Arquette won. Chad called it and said Arquette was going to win. And it's not that I didn't want Arquette to win. I just couldn't believe he won. And and we ended up fighting each other. And we had a death uh, beer bottle uh, brawl that night. So uh, if it wasn't for David Arquette, I wouldn't have got bruised ribs back in the day. So we love David Arquette. No, David's the best. Uh, and he's back in, back in the wrestling now. Yeah. He's at a championship comedy from Hollywood, right? Or is that what he's doing? Uh, yeah, he, but he's hardcore into it. He's not just like... Doing the he's not doing the Brock Lesnar where he just does the pay per view and then bails. He's like in it to uh, I think it's his full time gig right now. That's great. That's yeah, great. we're big fans of David Arquette. We hear him on Stern <laughs> sometimes, and we fucking because we listen to Stern all the time. We hear him on there. We love. We talked about it. If we were doing stand up and we weren't forty one, we'd probably be into wrestling. You know, we'd probably be tag team champions of Ohio or something. Yeah, you guys could be like the Bushwhackers. Right, sure. Totally. If we had bigger dicks, we would have done porn, but we <laughs> well, didn't. So listen, uh, not everyone can have a big like Earl. Well, I do have a big dick, but uh, yeah. you know, it doesn't really help me much in life. I hate uh, to admit that we've seen your dick, so everyone has. Uh, yeah, at Ralphie's funeral, we saw it. Oh yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think Jay Moore. Yeah, it was Jay Moore. Yeah, it was Jay Moore. Uh, you, they were all behind us. Remember? He was very sad, and he didn't want to go up. Uh, yeah, and you cheered him up with like an Olin Mills picture of your dick. Yeah, I showed him my dick pic, and uh, I'm not saying that's what got him up on stage, but it, I think he's like, all right, I can do this. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah, for sure. It so, made us feel better. Well, you know, I can't do it anymore. I got into a bit of trouble recently. Uh, oh, did you? Where I was, uh, I had this bit at the comedy store, of course, uh, where if I was bombing or if I thought the room needed a, a bit of a a gasser uh i would pull up my dick pic and pass around the audience <laughs> and it never didn't work it, even if i was bombing horrifically it would always get the crowd back and then someone complained and you know in this era it's a different i brought up earlier uh your guy's style of comedy is impressive given uh this uh new era we are all in of 
you know, uh, Me Too and Time's Up, and you guys have never done uh, anything remotely close to that stuff, but audiences are more sensitive sure. to oh, yeah. uh, dirty humor. Uh, you know, there's a comic at the uh, comedy store. He's probably one of the few in the class of Brody where every every comic, when Brian Holtzman is on, goes to watch him. Uh, and uh, Brian does some... Uh, just some interesting material uh and it's hard to uh go full throttle now uh, on really audiences is. one had, complaint oh, one yeah. tweet uh, one yelp review yeah we pull back sometimes i mean there's times where uh one of us will be going hard and we have little signals we give each other on stage so we don't talk over each other and make it obvious so we'll one of the other we'll, you know we'll call an audible and try to pull out of a joke if we think the other brother is getting a little too aggressive with the crowd or whatnot so yeah, no, with today's environment, uh, it's tough to uh, just come guns blazing shooting from the holsters. You can't. It's no. just not. Uh, I mean, you can. Uh, yeah, I'm sure Dice was told uh, you can't talk like that, dude. It's, but he does whatever he wants to this day. Yeah. And, you know. But I think in the era that he came up in, uh, in the 80s, uh, at least when he started, uh, you could be like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, nowadays, I don't think... Uh, aggressive comics have much of a platform unless you do what you guys are doing is it do it on your own that's the only way that i think that we are gonna i mean here we are 16 years into the game our goal is just to keep doing it um until eventually we get our shot i mean i don't know what else we could do you know but i mean that's what's impressive is uh you know you guys uh don't change and you shouldn't nope and to, you guys are two of the nicest guys I've ever met. That's the. It's like, I know people do think we're these crazy, but I appreciate you saying that. We appreciate you saying that because we really are nice guys. Like, don't let the shit on stage fool you. I well, mean, it's a stage persona, you know, kind of like you. You know, it's a it's a gimmick, and so when people buy into your gimmick, uh, which is great, but when we they meet us off stage, they're like, what? You have a you have a family, you have daughters, and you're not a fucking savage. It's like. Uh, the, that it's a compliment to us. That means they believe what we had to say up on, on stage, you know? Yeah. I mean, I get people all the time. I mean, who saw me on roast battle and they want me to roast them and, yeah. or whatever. It's like, I don't really do that when I'm not, uh, you know, that's not my thing, right. but you know, you're fat, uh, <laughs> Yeah. you know, uh, I mean, you must get fans coming up to you with all kinds of wacky offers. Oh, when Chad talks about aggressive sex, some, well, we don't do that bit anymore, but when we had this bit about aggressive sex and Chad likes to choke them out, we would have women come up after the and show. And want pictures of me choking, choking them, choking them or, or fucking, they wanted to smash Chad and, and have them choke them out and smack their ass. And uh, I would play the gimmick of being the good twin and I make love and take my time. And then women would try to come onto me and, uh, you know, try to make out. And, and it's just funny when you turn down somebody, when they believe the, the gimmick and uh, you have to tell them it's just all bullshit, you know? Have you guys ever done the switcheroo on a girl? Just getting away from comedy talk for two seconds. No, no, we can talk about whatever you want. Um, Not really. Like, we would, you know, break up with each other's girlfriend in high school and call and say, you know, it's not working out. We talked it. about it, and then we would sissy out. When it came down to it, there's been a couple, without getting too detailed, there's been a couple nights where we could have pulled the double mint train. And I think once uh, one of the other twins started to get naked, we ended up, I, you know, I abandoned ship, or Chad would abandon ship and leave them leave the other brother with the uh the victim or whatever you know well i don't know if i would call them the victim <laughs> uh, this participant yeah, participant yeah. and we have it on video they said yes yeah uh but like what what's 
the next goal right now for you guys? Uh, there's two goals. The There's two goals. The first goal is to film our own special. The next goal is to uh, become paid regulars at the comedy store. That was actually our number one goal when we started. We tried getting being regulars at the comedy store. Around the same time you were going too. And there was a lot of difficulty for us being a duo act. The comedy store wasn't this hustling, bustling fucking Mecca back then. I remember doing shows and there was 12 people there. And we'd get three minutes. We'd drive an hour and 20 minutes to do three minutes, you know? So those are the two goals is to uh, become paid regulars and to do our own special um, on our own. And so that's whether we do it at our home club, Ontario Improv, it'll be, you know, we'll figure that out. But we just want to be able to put out a one hour special of just us. No, no one else. You know, we've been featured on other people's specials. We want to have our own. So that's a major one. And a short term goal is we want to perform in Ralphie's hometown in Arkansas. So which we're doing, which we're May, doing on this tour. Uh, May, May 11th, we're performing in Clarksville, Arkansas. Uh, we're doing Ralphie's hometown where he went to high school. We purposely booked a gig um, all over Arkansas as a tribute to Ralphie. We're going to run the South and uh, do what he did when he was young. And we're, we just want to see what it's like to do it on our own like he did. So that's our short term. Uh, What's the comedy club in Ralphie's hometown? Uh, Lo there's Looney Bins. And the other one is uh, it's like a music venue that we're just going to do comedy at. But the Looney Bins are big in the South. There's like four or five different Looney Bins and uh, comedy zones. And comedy zones. So we're doing those. We're doing a lot of one nighters. At I mean, bars or uh, no comedy club, but we do have two bars. Two bars. We so. tried to fill the calendar. Kind of, we took some advice from Ralphie on the off nights. We're already there. If we can get a hundred people at a bar, to, you know, to pay us to be there, what? Why not do the show? So that's what we did. Is we picked up this. Um, there's probably 18, 19 comedy clubs. And then we picked up, you know, five, six, eight different nights in between at bars or music venues, uh, just so we could fill our calendar up. We're already in the town or it's on the way to Florida or it's on the way to Texas. So I just looked at the calendar or the, uh, the map rather. And we put a bunch of pins in towns and we put it together. And then we came up with a two headed monster. We created artwork and new t-shirts and merchandise and, it's basically grassroots. Like it took us back to when we first started. We're doing our own Putting flyers on cars. You I, know. I went through our spreadsheet and contacted all the radio stations that we did with Ralphie and set up press and bought uh, Instagram and Facebook ads. And, and we're just taking it old school and, and we're uh, we're ready to conquer and dominate in 2019. Well, uh, I know you guys will. We're trying, brother. We're trying. It's a tough business. Yeah, if you're looking to blow up quick, uh, it's not going to happen. And if it does, God bless you, because it didn't happen for us that way or a lot of our friends. I mean, I don't know of anyone who's blown up right away. Uh, yeah. You know, even like someone like Amy Schumer took a while to get going. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you guys are doing it the right way. Just Rob Schneider gave me the best advice. It's like, I think he said he got it from Steve Martin. It was just become so good they can't say no to you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's our that's our goal. We want to be easy easy to work with. That's key too. I want to be easy to work with. We don't want to be in the green room racking up two thousand dollars of partying. We just want to be easy to work with. Yeah, we go in, we order a salad, we you know And we, we, we want them to invite us back. So, you know, that's the goal. Easy to work with or work with and treat the staff good and and uh, that's key too. Yeah, you Ralph used to tell us be nice to the wait staff because next time you come around, that waitress that you treated like shit could be the manager, and now you're done there. So he would tell us that all the time. We treat we every don't club. Sleep with the staff. We don't sleep with. The that's staff. big. We, and those are all solid tips that we got. So we don't sleep with the staff. We come in, we try to be as professional as possible and treat everyone with the utmost respect, do the show, keep it. And then we go out and do our own party on our own. We, we go off afterwards. If it's a night, we feel that we need to go out and party.
Now, where's Ralphie's tour bus? Because he owned his bus, right? The last we heard, it was in Nashville in his um, hometown or his town that he lived in when he passed away. Are, a lot of tour buses are um, kept in Nashville. But as far as we know, uh, because he didn't need it at the time, he was doing the Harris in Vegas. He had a residency. His, last we heard, his bus was in Nashville, Tennessee. And you guys have, uh, everyone knows I'm a big hockey fan. Uh, don't you have one of his Predator jerseys? Yeah, we, we purchased in, a, in an auction after he passed away. His Some estate of, auctioned off a bunch of his stuff, and we went to the auction, and we, and we bought um, a his, tremendous amount of shit. His I Predators jersey, his Lakers, Lakers jersey. jersey. Uh, some of his Jordans. We bought his uh, a stool. I have his stool that was on tour. Microphone. We bought a bunch of shit that uh, was near and dear to um, him, us. and it means a lot to us. So we, yeah, I got his boots. I got a bunch of shit that... We didn't really want fans to have, to be quite honest with you. We felt kind of selfish and we're like, hey, he's our brother. We want to have, not that we're ever going to sell this shit. We, we would love to give it to his kids when they're adults, some of the stuff. But uh, a lot of the stuff we kept from going to the public and we purchased and we got to the auction and we just kind of wanted to collect as much Ralphie memorabilia as we could. Uh, what size shoe did he wear? Uh, 12. 12. That's it? Oh. 12, but wide. 12 oh, wide. Fuck. Everything was wide. I mainly boots. Me. He did wear Jordans, but he wasn't wearing Jordans for like a week. He no, wore he boots li- he for black, the support. Black leather boots, kind of like Doc Martens, uh, like a black leather lace-up boot. And I have I have his last pair of boots. Um, I mean, I just remember the last thing he asked me was, let's go fishing. Yeah. I'm like, dude, you're crazy. Oh, he loved guns. Uh, he loved fishing and guns. And we had a smoker. We loved to barbecue. I'm a good cook. Underneath too. the bus would be a smoker. And he goes, corn dog. That's what he called him. Corn dog. Go get some meat. Get some veggies. And Ralphie would be out there and flipping burgers and making ribs and potato salad and uh, chili. You, making food for 50 people. But there's three of us to live on the bus, you know, and a driver. Yeah. He would make food for everybody at the comedy club and invite all the staff over. Ralphie would tip tip everybody and and uh but yeah he loved to cook man that fucking guy would make chili and spaghetti in the same night what was the septic system on that bus oh like? boy when we well, wouldn't shit on the bus no but, but no it's the same bus that dave uh, uh dave matthews he bought it from dave matthews it's the same bus that dave matthews got busted for it dumping piss or shit off a bridge in or, chicago yeah something like um that. so ralphie what uh, it's his bus uh he there's one rule on a tour bus and yeah. you can ask anyone and i'm sure you know this there's no number two on the bus it doesn't matter from vince neal to whoever but ralphie said he i spent would, a million dollars on this bus. And I'm shitting put, uh, on it. He'd put a trash bag in. Oh. He put a trash bag inside the toilet and he'd shit in the toilet. Oh my but the God. whole bus, we'd have to literally pull over at a truck stop and get off the bus for a good one hour. And you could just hear him laughing hysterically. And he wouldn't always use one time. This is, this is true. Ralphie would die laughing, but uh, literally die. Well, you're talking he about would die doing he, anything. Yeah, well, true. Well, when he backed up running in a park, well, uh, when he backed up running. Toilet. Yeah. Ralphie's never ran now before you complete this story. Okay. Uh, we still have a few more minutes. Okay. Uh, we're going to end the Instagram uh, live feed. Just so people, if you want, to listen to the rest of this fascinating uh topic of ralphie may shedding in a uh trash bag which is uh, right along the lines of andre the giant shitting uh in a bucket <laughs> on, on an airplane, airplane. Yeah. uh you gotta uh where, where, where can people find you guys um and don't it, go give us give us everything uh on instagram twitter it's all the same thing at Corey and chad at c-o-r-y the letter n c-h-a-d Corey and chad instagram facebook twitter all that shit at Corey and Chad. All right, become fans of Corey and Chad. We're going to talk a little bit more. You got to listen to that on Apple Podcast tomorrow. Uh, inappropriate or leave a review, you lazy fucks. Yeah. All this free content I give you. I've got a beg and claw for free reviews, you Jew bastards. <laughs> uh, 
So you guys would have to. Well, one time we were going through and it was in the middle of like uh, Hasbro Heights, New Jersey. And we were going and Ralphie ended up shitting on the bus and we were all grossed out and gagged out and there was snowing, snowing real bad. And I remember the, the driver told us, he goes, hey, there's not a truck stop for a while. He goes, we should just pull off on the off ramp and we'll pull the we'll pull the fucking button and we'll dump Ralphie shit on the side. Oh, so I remember it was in the snow and we pulled the button and Ralph's like, what y'all slowing down for? We're like, oh, there's a deer out here. But there was no deer. We were dumping his shit on an off ramp and. And we uh, made Native Americans cry. It was just horrible. Yeah, there was Native Americans crying in New Mexico about this. It was, and we really feel bad about it to this day. But, you know, hey, hey man, would you we want to carry bad. that with you? It, you know, that's like shitting and putting it in your pocket. Would you do that? I don't think the so. The whole bus would fill up. And it was just one of those disgusting things where if you complained to Ralph that he shit on the bus, he'd go, hey, listen up, titty babies. Whose picture's on the side of this bitch? Get your own bus. <laughs> and so, what are you going to say to that? I mean, well, I said nothing. We just went to our bunk beds and just dealt with it. Yeah, and put toothpaste on our shirts and just breathe toothpaste shirt and just go to sleep uh i, I can only imagine what that tour bus must have smelled yeah it smelled like the la zoo fucking cleaning up the fucking <laughs> elephant dung the oh my god <laughs> just so nasty oh, yeah it was. it was like yeah. fuck he smelled bubble gum when ralph was 12 and he would shit <laughs> it was outrageous it was outrageous yeah let's talk about something else no no let's keep it going <laughs> Because Ralphie was a bet. Ralphie said to me, he said, Earl, when I die, don't cry. Make fun of me. He told us the same thing. He told us for years, if you ever find me on this bus. But he'd dude, call us fat. And he's like, I'm going to outlive you, sons of bitches. I'm like, you you're both fat. Outlive us, bitch. I'm like, you know, we'd always joke with them and stuff. But yeah, he would always say, I mean, one of his famous tweets is, you know, don't cry for me. Make fun of me. You know, Life and that's what I think we did. They put us up almost first at his memorial. I think it was right after his family. We went up and we just thought to ourselves, we have to be funny and make fun of Ralph because that's exactly what he would want. He wouldn't want us all boohooing and crying. Ralphie wasn't about that, you know. Oh, right. He, I mean. And I'm sure people are like, all right, we got it. You guys loved Ralphie. Talk about something else. But like, it's much like Brody. Like when someone impacts you that much, you. It's just automatic. I mean, it's been two years since Ralphie yeah. moved on and I'm, I still don't get tired of talking about him. Yeah, for sure. Or and Roddy Brody's Piper. The, or, oh, Roddy Piper. Yeah, hundred percent. And and Brody was a good guy, just like that, like we talked about. You know? Oh yeah, and Brody would always, uh, in the same vein as Ralph, he would try and help people with audience warm up gigs if he couldn't do them. hundred percent. Yeah. You know, just. Uh, I mean, we're in a business where it's uh, a high mortality rate. You know, uh, it's probably up there with pro wrestling. I would imagine so. And it's because of uh, we're not doing as much physical damage to our body like the wrestlers are, but it's more most of the comedians are mentally damaged, you know, and that's what makes us get on stage and seek approval of strangers to make them laugh. You know, you got to be crazy to do that. I mean, I would say that we uh, in pro wrestlers, it's uh, we do everything that they do, but work out maybe. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely don't do that. Yeah, we don't do that. We're already planning what taco place when we leave here. So, well, you should go to the hot dog stand. They just opened up. It's the best business name I've ever seen. Uh, right down the street, many of you know I live in West Hollywood. It's pretty much a gay neighborhood, and uh, there's a new business that opened up. It's called Cock Dog. Yeah, we're, we're gone. Ah, well, we'll, we'll be at Cock Dog. Chad wants three with a big glass of milk. Yeah. I mean, well, I've always wanted to open up a gay bar and call it the Cock or Two. Well, we, we, we lived in Palm Springs for a little while as children, and there used to be a gay bar in Palm Springs called Daddy Warbucks, and we called it Daddy Sorbuts. And uh, 
that was pretty cool because we'd go in there and they wouldn't even cart us. We were like 16 years old. We'd walk into that gay bar, order a beer, drink beer. They knew we were kids, but they just let us in. I guess, you know, the whatever came out and <laughs> yeah, we, we yeah. would go in there at 16. Yeah, yeah. We'd talk all kinds of shop with these guys, drink a couple <laughs> Coors Lights and then go home. It yep. was great. Get on our little bicycle and pedal home. I mean, I remember I was in Palm Springs once and there's a gay club. I think it was called Cecil's. Mm. And uh, I didn't know it was a gay bar until I was in there. And I was like, there's no chicks in here, man. And then some guy named Wayne tried to get me and my buddy Monty to go home with him. I'm like, uh, Monty go. Hoffman or? No, no, Monty oh. Hoffman. Uh, that's another uh, That's another guy. Okay. Like, and we knew him, you know, growing up when we started doing comedy, he would give us advice. And he was another great guy, you know, would give us advice. Well, I, he was uh, probably in the most uncomfortable thing I've ever seen uh, at a at a show where uh, he was on stage and he did this joke, and uh, a comic gets up and goes, "That's my dad's joke," yeah. and I think Monty thought he was fucking with him. And he's like, "What do you mean?" It's like my dad is Blake Clark. That's his joke, and you could see Monty, you know, and Monty's not with us anymore, so. Uh, Monty's like, oh well, your dad gave me that joke, and like it was like a weird. <laughs> like, oh boy, uh, yeah. I'd never really seen a a joke. Uh, I'm not. I, I don't know if it was. I'm assuming it was Blake Clark's joke. I mean, right. Travis Clark's very funny comic himself. Uh, it was just the weirdest in 20 years of comedy. That's the most awkward I've ever seen a room. Uh, you know, Monty just was like, oh fuck. <laughs> oh jeez, I'm busted. Awkward. Uh, which is uh, great about you guys because no one can steal your act. We, we, you know, we'd be shocked if it did. Uh, if they did, we, we've had a certain things that were similar, but I guess that happens to a lot of comics. But yeah, I don't think anyone could take our, you know, bit. I can't imagine the Sklars doing what we do. Two two different styles of comics. Uh, yeah, they're more uh, cerebral. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cerebral. No, I don't know if cerebral is in the word. And you guys are more a smash mouth. That's right. Yeah. Really... The Lucas brothers are the same. They're more calm and assertive up there. We're, we're coming hard and we're trying to, you know, like I said, we're trying to, you know, take down tower two right the fuck away. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, what's the writing process? Like, I mean, I know you guys said you message each other, but like when you're alone, uh, and something comes into your head, do you, do you write it down? Do Call you No voice memo? And then I automatically, it could be rambling. It could be, I go, I'm making this up, but Richard Simmons and spin class and blah, blah, blah. Then he'll punch it up, send it back to me, and, and then we'll make each other laugh. laugh. If we don't make each other laugh, he'll write back, lame, or, or he'll write or, back, suck it. Yeah, I mean, I know or, it sucks. Yeah, or sometimes the idea never gets off the fucking table because we'll shut it down right away. Or, um, But yeah, we try to do that. And the other thing is, is we're not just straight up uh, one-liner, two, three-liner jokes. Most of ours are stories. I mean, we like to tell a story and have it, have it have it go somewhere. I mean, that's our best chemistry that we like. Which is what I love about you guys. Cause you wouldn't think you guys would be, uh, have a thought process with your yeah. guys. Act. We try to make it look like it's improv, but it's really been pre plot, uh, you know, pre planned. I mean, but we try to make it come off like it's been created right there in front of you. Which is really hard to do. I, I don't think the audience realizes when something appears improv, there's a tremendous amount of... Yeah, because there's different scenarios. That if, they, if they go this way, then you got to be able to go this way. So we that's our goal. That's what we've always tried to work on. And that's what 
we'd get constructive criticism from Ralphie is like, he's like, you better come up with a different um, alternate ending to that. Or Ralphie would tell us, uh, I want you guys to close with your opener and open with your closer. You know, he would give us different rules and parameters like that. And if you don't do he it, just doing it to make us stronger, you know, he would tell us if you don't do it, then you're not getting paid tonight. And he would just fuck with us. So we would come in and do our closer from open. And it was tough at the beginning. We'd fucking blow the room up in the first five minutes. And then we would struggle. I remember struggling, fucking going, oh my God, why did we do that? But then it, it, all it did was, is help us create a new closer. It would help. It would just automatically make you create a new closer. You didn't have a choice, yeah. Yeah, you always that, that having a new closer is tough because oh, like, especially when you rely on it, like you kind of know, you know. All right, this town, we're definitely closing with this, you know. But do you uh, like on the upcoming tour when you guys are playing different uh, cities? Will you guys try and tailor make a closer like when you're in Alabama? Yes. Yeah, we've already done internet research for hours on all the different cities and we've looked up different demographics and topics and we've already started doing bits, uh, working it out at the smaller clubs like when we go to certain areas. And we know after we get done with this tour and when we go to film it, we'll have a general closer, you know, for the first, for the taping. Right. Like, cause we'll go, those were garbage. Let's work on this. And you know what I mean? So, um, and that's the fun part about doing a tour. If you're in a, a 200 person seater in Arkansas, it doesn't really matter if your closer wasn't as strong as it was in whatever town, you know what I mean? Like we'll work it out. We're not afraid of that. Now, what towns can you be your absolute, uh, Houston. aggressive Houston, Houston Texas, New Orleans, New Orleans, Las Vegas, uh, Seattle, uh, Arkansas, anywhere where um, they're not like Orange County, California, we're on our best behavior. We don't go over big in Orange County or like Beverly Hills because we've done it. We've done. Yeah. Uh, For, oh, and when we did the college tour, we figured out real quick on uh, the younger generation is not as on board with our style of humor so we kind of have to turn it around on them make them our friend but at the end they really they realized that we were talking shit about them the, the whole, whole time, time that we turn it around where they go holy fuck we're the assholes that they're talking about right. but the whole time we're making them believe that we're their best friend now i would think you guys would do well with the college uh yeah, they would set up too many rules for us. They would, would set do, up too many rules, and we have too many rules. We think too much, and, and we, then we, and when we, you get something stuck in your head, then we would always do the opposite, and we would get in trouble a lot. When we did the universities, we'd get in trouble a lot. The college kids would love us, but the the, the staff team, the or team whoever and the staff wouldn't like us so much. So we sometimes we wouldn't get invited back. We, that's happened to us a few times, including Big Boy too. So we learned Big Boy, the oh, Ralph. Yeah. No, Ralph. He, we, we call. Oh, him. I thought you meant the DJ. No, no. no. Sorry, uh, with Ralphie, with we call him Big Boy. When Ralphie, uh, there was a few universities. We did a big run one summer. All these universities all over the country, and there were a few because uh, they was, were going crazy on the side of the stage while he's out there. They're all get him to stop, get him to stop. I'm like, there's no stopping him. You go, <laughs> yeah. you go get him to stop. Yeah, I go I'll be over here selling merch. Like you go deal with them because yeah, United Planes going down, bitch. There's nothing. Yeah, know, anybody could do about it. Yeah. Now, when you guys did, uh, are you smarter than a fifth grade? Oh yeah. What? Uh, rules were i mean i'm assuming they saw your guys act and they're yeah, like well they, they met us outside of last comic standing we slept on the streets for three days to um be number one in line for at the melrose 2005 or yeah 2005 or six uh last Five, comic standing yeah. and uh uh we got voted off uh so they, yeah they we we're got, walking and yeah. then this guy pulls over and says are you twins blah 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 well they did research then they said because jeff we didn't know we were going to be on that show they just said it was the be at raleigh studios 
blah, blah, blah. Um, they didn't tell us Jeff Foxworthy. All of a sudden, Jeff Foxworthy pulls up next to us in a yellow Hummer. We're like, holy shit. We shake his hand. We thought it was called Show Me the Money. And so we filmed this episode. We did study. They did tell us. But they told us not to say you're stand-up comedians. Correct. And so we filmed this and, uh, you know, we found out that combined we're as smart as a fourth grader. Uh, and, but we won $175,000 and then they told us when we won 175 K, they told us, okay, if it doesn't air on Fox, then you get 10% of your winnings. Uh, and you can't sign, you can't tell anybody you won this much money and we'll pay you 90 days after it airs and all this shit. And we were like, what the fuck? We won 175. We want to tell everybody. And we're not going to get a check today. And they're like, no, it's going to air in three to six months. And to the day it aired six months fucking later. And we were watching. And then we had to wait three more months to get. We were watching the NBA championships in 2007, and during a commercial, uh, I remember it said, "You know, coming up uh, next week, uh, are you smarter than fifth grade?" And it showed us. We literally. It's when the Sixers were uh, Allen Iverson. It was that year, and we cried. I remember getting literal tears like little pussies, and we cried because we knew we were going to get a hundred. And then we knew we were going to take that money and go on the road, go do pizza places, go do whatever we had to go do, and that's exactly what we did with that money. Yeah. You know, we spent it on a tour, bought a little shitty car that was good on gas. And, and we toured. Did hard. anywhere that would put us up. Yeah. Did, it didn't matter. Coffee shop, whatever. That's the attitude to have. Yeah, well, we love this. We're not just in it to be famous. We don't really care about that. We just want to make a decent living, make tons of people laugh, and that's it. That, and tour. And like tour. We love we being be, in different towns. We love being road dogs. Like, a lot of comics hate it. Our goal is to get back to the status we were with Ralphie. Uh, or it's on us, though, you know? You know, we did uh, 48 states with Ralphie and thousands of shows. I would, I would hate to guess, but 2,500 shows with Ralphie, you know, in 48 states, Canada, all over the fucking place. We've been to every state like seven times, probably. How did you guys do in Canada? Uh, crushed, uh, crushed hard because we did um, theaters only, and theater stand-up comedy is completely different than club uh, comedy. In what way? Uh, no for crowd the people, work. No crowd work. So for people that aren't stand-up comedians that are listening to this, the person in the front row, the people in the back don't know what he looks like. So if you're making fun of his stupid shirt, no one cares. The guy in the mezzanine doesn't even know that. Right. So we learned real quick: just stick, stick to the, the jokes. Yep. Stick to the jokes, and your job really is to get them ready. For for big boys, so then and we would just the laughs. They would roll. It felt it was like weird. They would roll up and then hit the balcony, and you would hear the laughs roll back. And then that's when we knew you could go, move on. And so timing was big for us when we went from comedy clubs to theaters. We had to get the timing down. At first, we were talking too fast, and we realized just slow down. They they don't know that the punchline's coming up. Just wait. Where we felt in a club, if we're only getting twenty, we had to go fast and hard because we were only given twenty minutes. Mm. When we're doing theaters, we could be in there as long as we wanted. Ralph didn't have enough their show so he's like i'll tell you when you guys are done we just keep looking over and when he gave us the signal to get off so we could do 20 or we could do 45 right well that's the crazy thing when like when i was doing rob schneider uh shows like the the timing's different because the wave starts in the first guy or first row and then you have to wait till it gets to the back row and then you have to wait for it to bounce off the the back wall and comes back to you and So uh, it's definitely a skill to play a theater. Oh, yeah. And it takes you a little bit. Like, it it threw us off. We even got on the bus, and while we apologized, we're like, fuck, we're sorry about that. But the good part is, Ralphie goes, baby, we got nine more shows this week. You can make it up, you know? And then, you know, he would help us. He helped us with joke structure and... Um, like what would he tell you because i think a lot of young comics uh not necessarily in age but like just young in the game listen to this podcast and uh 
I always recommend for them to get advice from someone who's at the highest level. And Ralphie was, oh, yeah. there's not many who've been more successful in this no. business than Ralphie. What would he tell you? Yeah. Uh, he would just tell us, you know, what, what's funny in Baltimore isn't what's funny in Iowa. What isn't funny in, you know, uh, Texas isn't what's funny in Hollywood, California. And then we, we, we cuss a lot just in general. And so he would tell us, you know, no cussing, no cussing in these Bible towns. You could still be dirty and you could cuss here and there. But when you say 50 fucks versus two fucks, you're they saying, mean more when you just said the two, you know, you right. got a different reaction where you wear them out saying FFF. And the thesaurus, the other advice was we would record Look up our different. sets and then we would write down all the different adjectives and all the different uh, descriptions of, uh, of the punchline. And we would try to punch it up by using alternate words. Uh, instead of uh, cock, you know, penis or uh, blue aardvark. We what is a different word for cock? Blue aardvark. Blue aardvark. We threw blue aardvark in there and it crushed hard. Yeah. So well, there course, you go. Well, he, I know. Yeah, I had no idea. He made me laugh and that doesn't happen too often where we make each other laugh. But I mean, he would just teach us a lot about that. And, and what, like we said, like one time we were in New York and we did something about the Mexican, um, our best friend growing up. The real story is he was Mexican. Ralphie told us we were doing BB Kings in Times Square. And he goes, tomorrow night, there is no Mexicans here. He goes, you need to say Puerto Rican. Change it to Puerto Rican. And I'll guarantee you, you get an applause break. And we did that. And he was so right. We got an applause break. We got to Florida. We said Cuban and it fucking destroyed because there's nothing but Cubans in Florida. So we we changed the story. Depends where we were. If we're in Texas, our buddy was from Dallas. You know, whatever. We, We learned to change it. Um, and it took us a while to do that. You get used to saying your same jokes because you're used to where uh, it works and where it doesn't. You got to be able to have the balls to try to change it. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like the same, uh, you know, even locally in L.A., like yeah. jokes that work at the comedy store <laughs> definitely will not work at the improv. Oh, we know. I think we told you we did two rooms at the comedy store that night, went to go do the lab. No, lab first. We bombed. ate a bomb. We ate a dick first. We bombed at the Melrose Improv, did the same set at the comedy store in two separate rooms and destroyed. Both times. And then we're like, what the hell happened at the lab at the improv? But you're right. The same jokes don't transfer. It's a completely different crowd clientele. Well, it's also like I see, I've seen a lot with Roast Battle comics where in Roast Battle's not stand up, but like you take comics who do do that show and then they go out and do a stand-up show and they like rip into the audience and say, Oh no, that's not going to work. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. Ralphie didn't like us to rip into the audience before him. Cause it kind of fucks with shit. So we would just stick to material every once in a while. If you couldn't help it or you get a heckler, we would talk. Shit or we would, when we shook his hand, say guy stage left and we would tell him, and then he would, we would leave it to him. Yeah, to there do. was times he stayed on the bus and didn't watch our set. He just set his timer, knew that we were going to close in five minutes. And then he comes strolling into the show and watch our last five. He would say, I already see you bitches all the time. I don't need to see it tonight. Or, you know, he'd talk shit. So, you know, um, or sometimes he wouldn't come out and you'd look at your timer and you're like, fuck, we're 35 minutes in. Ralphie's not on the side of the stage. We knew keep going, keep going. And some, there were a couple of times we did an hour, hour and 10 minutes set. And then Ralphie would come in. Sometimes he fell asleep. Well, that would happen with me with Schneider where he, you know, like, uh, at the Calgary, uh, it's called the laugh stop. Yeah. Uh, you know the the hotels like kind of attached to the mm-hmm. to the room or to the club so uh rob would just be like hey uh, just do it until i get there and like there were a couple times in calgary where he uh either was uh writing jokes like he would write constantly oh, which, bet, yeah. would, so he would lose track of time and i'd be up there like this is at a time where i probably didn't have 40 minutes 
and I'd have to do 50. And when you don't have 40 and you have to do 50, yeah. you're fucked. Yeah. Uh, That's a long 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, but, well, uh, I love you guys. We love uh, you, bro. Love you too, man. You guys are the real deal. And, uh, you know, it's. I wish everyone was like you guys. And, uh, you know, you guys will be paid regulars at the comedy store. And, uh you guys don't need my advice, but uh, just keep doing what you're doing. And once again, for our Apple Podcast fans, where can people find you on social media and everywhere? At, uh, it's at Corey and Chad. So C-O-R-Y, the letter N-C-H-A-D. So Corey and Chad on all social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everything's all the same. Do you guys have a website or no? Identicalentertainment.com. Okay. Well, uh, guys, you know I don't vouch for many people in this business. Uh these two I do. Coin Chat are two of the good ones in this business. If Ralphie May uh, toured with them, and if you knew Ralphie, he didn't hang with you if he didn't like you. Yep. That speaks volumes of Corey and Chad. So we love you, Ralphie. We love you, Brody. Uh, and I want you guys to love Corey and Chad. Inappropriate Earl, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Rate it, review it. It takes 10 seconds, you lazy, tax cheating bastards. I love you all. Been a